Welcome to Sharing Social, the monthly show that connects the people behind the hashtags with content, with ideas, and with insights. Hi, I'm Ian. And I'm Becca. Now, welcome to episode three. We're going for three months, four months, really, if you count the pilot, starting out as an in-person meeting before lockdown and then moved to online for our virtual meetings and now both a monthly podcast and a weekly clubhouse event. Can I say that, Becca? Is it official now? It's official. You're allowed to say that. <laughs> it's official. Wednesdays, middays, join us there. But each show, each podcast, we're going to talk thing, all things social media, like video, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, social listening, influencer marketing, the list goes on. Plenty of news, plenty of knowledge, and heaps of inspiration. Episode three today, we're going to be talking about the biggest challenges faced on social media and how to overcome them. Becca, you're a social media manager. What is your biggest challenge? My biggest challenge is content creation, because it's one of my favorite things about this job, but is also one that can take you down a path. Because if you've got loads of ideas, which um, thankfully I do, um, (laughs) then it can be hard to know how um, to present the information, especially with platforms releasing new content formats so often it feels like. Um, So figuring out how it's going to work best with your audience and how it's going to provide the most value and also deciding which platform as well. Yeah. So, I yeah, mean, con- go on. Content is a big thing, isn't it? Content is essentially what what, what should run mm-hmm. run the web, run the internet. Um, you know, people go onto the internet to find great content. So when you say the challenges around content, it sounds like it's kind of multifaceted, both what's going to be interesting, what people are going to engage with, what format it should be in, where I'm going to find my inspiration from, where am I going to find a find the time yeah. to do it? All those things, right? The time, especially. <laughs> I think, I mean, you know, it's just, it's a never ending thing because once you've created it, unfortunately, the way a lot of the social media platforms are, content has such a short shelf life. And yes, you can, you can adapt it, repurpose it and reuse it. But sometimes it feels like it's a never ending to-do list. I mean, it is there's always going to be something new to create or to talk about. Um, so it, it, can, it can feel a little bit overwhelming sometimes, but. Um, I imagine you, you said repurposing. I think that's a really important thing to, to kind of um, look at. Um, there's nothing worse, I'm sure. You and I both create content uh, in various formats, either for, you know, for a blog or, or for social. Um, and, you know, you want people to read it. You spent time putting it together. Uh, and I'm sure there's nothing worse than putting a great piece of content together that you feel, you know, based on whatever data you might be collecting or engagements you're expecting, that no one's reading it. Um, so repurposing it is a mm-hmm. great way to kind of leverage the time and investment you spent on creating it through multiple other platforms maybe. How, how do you go about repurposing content you create? So if we use your example, so say you've written a blog post, the first thing I would do is go through it and pick out any pieces of content within that can, that can work quite well as standalone content. So if it was a blog post with like five tips, then you could separate it out into each of the individual tips. Um, another way to think about it is to look for any images or diagrams, or even if there's like an infographic in there, that can be a really great way to give the content 
um, another boost on social media. And um, looking at ways as well that you can tie it into what's happening. So repurposing content, it's not just about kind of churning out content, saying the same thing every time. But um, so one of the things we've been talking a lot about recently is audio first social media. So how is there anything that you've talked about in the past that could be relevant to that now? So that the content that you're producing has that that kind of new level of relevancy when you promote it. Um, I feel like there's a there's a whole episode, and maybe we will consider that for future, a whole episode in content, both in how to create it, you know, what different media to um, to consider, you know, how different channels use different types of content, um, you know, considering audiences. Um, today we're talking about the challenges uh, as well. So, so w- w- in terms of the challenges, um, you know, in our sort of day to day, in in um, you know, coming up with ideas and, and working on campaigns, um, what what are the other challenges I think that um, you know maybe maybe other clients or people in the industry have in in uh, in putting together uh, or in using social media. I think something that comes up for us when working with clients is where social media can fit into the overall strategy. Mm. So whether people can't see the value that social media would bring to a campaign or they just don't know how it works well enough to understand what they would need to use. So whether that's um, what platform they would need to use or whether it be an organic or paid strategy or combination of both. I think that's something that we've seen time and time again crop up. Yeah. I mean, where does where does social media usually fit within an overall uh, within within a strategy or within a campaign? So I would um, look at your your main marketing objectives and sit social media quite near the top of the funnel. So it's a great way to build brand awareness um, and then start building your audiences so that further along you can start. Um, retargeting those people and getting them closer to whatever your end conversion is so top of the funnel sort of area is the the awareness stage then yeah the awareness stage being you know really important as opposed to maybe the the next stage the evaluation stage where you know search comes into awareness is important what about some examples of where about where you know that stage has been crucial at the uh, for a brand or for a product i think I'm going to use TikTok as an example here because over the last sort of six months or so, I've seen lots of people creating TikToks when they are starting out um, a new brand. So they could be selling a product and are using that to show people that it exists. And then you kind of have like a domino effect of people seeing it, wanting it, and then even sharing it across other platforms as well, saying like, have you got like, so one example is this sunset lamp. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't. You haven't. <laughs> it basically, it's, um, it casts like an, a perfect circle, but it looks like the sun is just shining on your wall. And that's been made popular through TikTok. And now you'll see it on Instagram, on Twitter. Like, oh, have you got, have you got the lamp? The lamp. Right. Like you don't need to say what it is. It's just everyone will know what it is. So if you have a product that, um, you can market in some way. So using TikTok or Instagram, I feel like especially at the moment, um, then that can be a really great way of getting awareness and then the conversions. Now, um, you know, you, you, your example is a, is a great one. Um, you know, how social has brought awareness to a product that people may not otherwise know exists. And it sounds like the lamp, even the fact that people are just referring to it as 
the lamp already shows some proliferation um, and that it, it, it has kind of a, a viral effect, feels like that sort of brings us onto another challenge, right? Um, how you know, do we make posts go viral? <laughs> <laughs> My favourite question. Um, unfortunately, there's no magic button that we can press to make a post go viral. I would say you've got to stop thinking of that as a like guaranteed option. There is nothing you can do which is going to guarantee you going viral. The best way to look at it and look at your content, whether if you've got a product in mind or you're just trying to share a message, is to um, stick to your niche. Be very specific so that you're attracting a relevant audience. If you try to stay broad and be really vague with your messaging because you're trying to capture everyone because you might think, oh, if I you know get a thousand people to see my post, then that's going to like result in, uh, you know, more engagement or possibly conversions. That's not going to be the case if there are a thousand people who are not the right audience. So if you make sure that you're being specific, make sure that you're tailoring your content, um, no matter what platform to your audience, then that's going to be your best way of building traction with the right people. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, you know it, it is a question that a lot of people ask, uh, and it about going viral, and it's because those are the stories that we hear most about. Uh, of course, we do because they've gone viral. Um, but you know, it sounds like what you're saying, and absolutely agree that the, the best way um, is to grow, you know, your following in a consistent and organic way, rather than and certainly put your strategy in, in that, to those effects, rather than expecting and hoping something is going to go viral and um you know because it's it's just so rare you mentioned about growing followers as well i mean that's a big big challenge right especially when you're starting from scratch how do you grow a following quickly i think it's it's very similar actually you have to be specific um so i would recommend looking at on each platform so let's say um you're using TikTok and Instagram, research what is already out there and start engaging with your audience that you want to attract um, and also other accounts that are doing the same. Because if you start producing content and just putting it out there, no engagement, then it's going to be much harder for you to build that following. You've kind of got to do both sides. You've got to provide the value, but also show that you're starting to build a community. You know, you're engaging, you're replying to people's comments. Um, if you if you're noticing that there are sort of like a, su a few super followers who are liking everything or engaging all the time, investigate their account. Are there people that you could follow and maybe reach out to further down the line for um, possible collaborations? Like it's all about community building and having a really good, solid relationship with your audience, building trust. Um, again, there's no quick fix. Don't buy followers. That's a huge no-no. Um, and if you do that, you're only going to end up with super low engagement anyway. So it's not worth it. Absolutely. Um, you know, and it sounds like what you're saying is you wouldn't walk into a room full of people, shout out your name and what you do and walk straight out and hope, you know, yeah. people are going to follow you out the room um, asking you for business. Um, yeah, sounds like a, a, a great advice. Um, I feel like there, are, this list could be, endless really um is there, is there one more big challenge that you know as a, as a social media manager you face i think um the final thing i would say is 
having kind of the wider team understand um, both the value that social media can have, but also um, the time it takes and the sort of lack of separation actually between um, work and like the the work life balance can be can feel very off when you're a social media manager because you spend all day kind of keeping tabs on content on the latest platform updates producing social engaging with social for clients and um everything and in a traditional um kind of like nine to five you might have this image in your head although I'm sure it's not like this for lots of people as well but like oh five o'clock shut my laptop and just you know forget about it but working as a social media manager it very much feels like once you've finished for the day you can't switch that part of your brain off so you might just be scrolling through Instagram or TikTok for like, you'd like to use it for entertainment, but you can't help but figure out, oh, why have they written that caption or how have they made that work really well? Or like, if I see ads actually on Instagram, I analyze them so yeah. much. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a really interesting, uh, it's a really interesting point you make and, and certainly for you know, those who aren't involved in social media, uh, like like you and I, and more so you, um, being able to sort of put your uh, put, put, put yourself in the position of a consumer, yeah. um, and uh, you know, just sort of use social and absorb and enjoy social in the same way. Um, you know, some examples, you know, could could be you know, if you're, if you're an actor, can you watch and enjoy a film without sort of analysing other people's acting? And if you're you know, if you're a builder, can you look at houses and yeah. Um, you know, and, and sort of without sort of criticizing them or looking at a deeper level, similarly with architects. So it's an interesting point that you raise, um, and especially during this, you know, this lockdown period. So we're we're recording yeah. this now at you know, March 2021, still deep inside lockdown and social media is a big part of everyone else's, you know, day. Um, so so for you finding that sort of differentiation between your business hat and your kind of normal consumer hat can be challenging. Yeah. For sure. You're listening to the Sharing Social podcast. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at ShareSocialLDN or on Instagram at SharingSocial. And coming up next, we have our interview with Rihanna from Alesso, where we will be discussing her biggest challenges faced on social media. Welcome, Rihanna, to the Sharing Social podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm really, really excited. This is my first podcast, so it's just such an exciting opportunity and I'm so glad to be doing it with you yay oh, I'm so glad that you've come on the show I, I we've because we've seen each other haven't we at previous in real life meetups which now yeah. seems so alien I know but, yeah. I know it's so nice I miss the showing social events hopefully now now we have an idea how we can get out of lockdown they might materialize in the future Yes, hopefully. Do you want to give us a little bit of background into where you work, what your role is, and what your day-to-day looks like? Yes, so I'm Rihanna. I am the co-founder of Alesso. Um, At the moment, we're building a social media tool, uh, and it's specifically focused on client management and scheduling for professional marketers. Um, And the idea is that it's to improve the service between marketer and client. Um, So that's been our main focus. But prior to that, I was a social media manager back in 2017 for Alesso. Um, And I was I was literally the only social media manager. So it was quite overwhelming (laughs) because we had quite a few clients (laughs) come in, actually. So that was very exciting. 
Um, And then gradually I moved up to team leader and I managed our social media freelance team of about eight. Um, And basically what that meant was I was overseeing all the progress with clients, um, helping them with their strategies. And I was having a think about this yesterday. And overall, I think I managed about 40 plus campaigns in that time, which is quite, yeah, I was a bit like, whoa, that's quite a lot, actually. Um, But yeah, at once it was about 15 clients. Um, So, yeah, that was really, really interesting. And I loved that. Uh, And then eventually we decided to move on to this social media tool. Uh, We are still doing the social media management service as well. Uh, but yeah, it's just a crazy time. It's been something we've been doing, doing for the whole of lockdown. So it's oh, been a great adventure. That's, that's, so I relate to you. I know I can, I can empathise when you're saying that you had so many campaigns on your plate and it's just a minefield. It feels like sometimes knowing, okay, what do I need to prioritise? How do I get this done? Oh, completely. Um, <laughs> but so exciting to be a good thing to come out of lockdown for you guys definitely yeah I can't complain it's been so exciting and having lots of support from fellow marketers for the platform and just it's been such a community vibe over this past year because of what we're doing so it's been so nice especially as we've been working from home um it's just been nice to be talking to people and having that common ground and yeah I've really missed that I I yeah I really miss human interaction. <laughs> That's why this podcast is so nice because it's like we can connect again. I know, yeah. So nice. So like if we rewind time a little bit to before mm-hmm. lockdown, um, do you want to tell me a little bit more about how Alessa sort of came to be, how you got into the social media space? Like was it, did you plan on doing it or did you fall into it? Like tell me, I want to know. Yes, <laughs> you want to know. <laughs> <laughs> So it's it's an interesting story, actually. And lots of people have some questions afterwards because they're like, what? Because my partner is actually the fellow co-founder of Alesso. So it's just us two. And we've got a small freelance team as well. But we're the people mm-hmm. who run it. So I run it with my partner. So that's an exciting thing. Um, has its challenges at the same time. But I <laughs> can't complain again. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so he, ages and ages ago in 2017, he was developing an app. Um, and... I was stuck in a rut. I was actually a nanny um, for kids. So I decided one day that I didn't want to do that anymore. I want to get into the online space. So uh, I decided I wanted to help my partner bring his app into the social media space and Mm -hmm. grow it on social media. So I started with Facebook and Twitter and I just grew to love it. And he had a lot of success, bearing in mind that I had no idea, I had no history of social media knowledge or anything like that it was completely self-taught um and then from there onwards it just it it was clear that it was the route that I wanted to go down um so yeah from there it went from me helping with the apps to me finding my first client and then Alesso started and that's kind of how it started really it was it just sort of fell into place quite nicely into my life at the time that's so good I'm gonna put you on the spot out okay. of the work that you've done <laughs> the question wasn't planned um do you have like as you've got to know each um social media platform have you got one that is your favorite or one that you're like you dread if you hear that you need to do a campaign involving it you're like oh no <laughs> um well personally instagram without a doubt i love instagram yeah. i think it's growing into such an interesting platform and there's so much you can do on there so much you're capable of um But from a business perspective and with the clients I've worked with, I actually love Twitter. 
which yeah a lot of people are sort of shocked by that because I think people struggle with Twitter in that it's you you have to be the right kind of brand um Mm. to appeal to the right people on Twitter because it's got quite a specific audience I find um yeah but the clients that I've had and and me running the Alesso accounts on there has been such a success because it's got such a community vibe and because it's so instant um it's quite easy to just get into conversations with people without really mm-hmm. trying um and I think it's quite easy to build a following on there as well once you've established that community that's very uh, true yeah yeah and my least favorite definitely probably I feel bad saying this because I am growing to like it more but it would be LinkedIn I think <laughs> <laughs> I just think oh LinkedIn it, it's a funny one because it's quite corporate or at least yeah. it appears to be corporate when you don't know too much about it um, but when you actually delve a little bit deeper and you connect with the right sorts of people, it becomes quite an interesting platform. So, yeah. yeah. I think LinkedIn as a platform has changed quite a lot over the last sort of 12 to 18 months. Mm. I remember before the video sort of was such a prominent part of the platform, I didn't enjoy it as much and I found it quite hard to engage with people on there and like... I didn't even really want to go on the platform as much. Like Twitter mm. was more my place. But now I think um, it's a very interesting space. And I, uh, I like paying attention to what they're bringing out feature-wise because they've got quite a few new things lately, I feel like. Yeah, and I reckon they're going to start introducing LinkedIn Lives on there. Oh, yeah. I've got to. They've got to. Yeah. Diving into today's topic, the biggest challenges faced on social media and how to overcome them. I wanted to ask you, what's one of the biggest challenges that you have faced uh, working on social media? Well, how long have we got? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the main thing for me is mindset. I think people underestimate how difficult it is to be able to get into the mindset of the brand you're working with or even the brand that you have yourself. Um, And not being distracted by other things, whether that's life or whether that's the ads you see as you're scrolling, um, whether that's messages that pop up when you're going through a brand feed. And sometimes it's just hard to get your head in the zone with social media. I think because if you think about like a spreadsheet or something like that, you have a a clear slate and you can turn off your phone and everything. But when you're on your phone and you're on a computer, it's so easy to just switch between tasks that you don't almost focus on social media itself um so that's something I've really struggled with especially in lockdown um I also think organic reach the (laughs) the lover the thing we all love yeah (laughs) and I only use organic methods um at the moment anyway I haven't done anything paid in the past um so organic reach has been a bit of a bane in my life yeah. Especially as algorithms and, you know, platforms are changing all the time. And so it's just really hard to get that exposure, especially as more and more brands are adopting social media. And it's just hard getting your name and brand out there, I find. Um, I also think one of the biggest things is keeping up with all the social media updates and just being expected to know them and understand yes. them like that. Yeah. <laughs> like the other day, Instagram announced um a four-way person a four-person live I think yeah and I just thought oh great that's another thing we've got to learn and be expected to know everything about and you know I I think there's a lot of pressure for marketers to just be able to just pick these things up 
it's really challenging, isn't it? I feel like working in social media, people can quite easily put you into like, oh, you're in the social media bucket yeah. or something. It's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. But there are so many platforms within that. And like you say, with the updates that come out and algorithm changes or new format types, like I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about Instagram Reels and Oh, real. I've not even dived into those yet. <laughs> right? No, same. It's just like, oh, no, like, I need to get to grips with that. It's just like yeah. all these components that are constantly thrown your way. And mm-hmm. how do you, do you find that you have to um, adapt strategies quite frequently, depending on how the platforms themselves are changing? Totally. Nearly every single time I sit down with the strategy on a weekly basis, I changed something because of a change that's happened. I mean, even Twitter, um, I think it's called Twitter Spaces, which is like an audio yeah. first thingy. You know, that's all the rage this year, isn't it? And, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, just thinking about how to utilise them. And I think there's a pressure to be one of the first to adopt these new things, especially as marketers. I think you're expected to just know these things. And if you don't adopt them, I think people are like, oh, well, are you really a good marketer? And I think it's just so difficult. It's really challenging. Have you ever heard people say, um, if you're if you work in social media, please like don't look at my personal accounts because they will be <laughs> so bad. But Honestly, it, that's not yes. a reflection of like the knowledge that we know. It's just yeah. like we yeah, spend all of our time working on brand accounts and everything. Exactly. Than... I saw a really good oh, thing God. this morning, actually. It was a post from um I think the social media manager hub or something like that. They're really good. I really like them. And um, they did a post and it said something like, don't expect your social media managers have thousands of followers, just like you wouldn't expect a bank to be millionaire or something like that. And I thought, well, that's such a good summary because, you know, I think if they have less followers, it's actually a good sign that they're focused on their clients more than their own. (laughs) (laughs) It shows that they're busy. (laughs) That's very true, actually. I like that example, actually, with the Mm. bank being millionaire. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, staying on topic with challenges faced on social media in the past when you've been working with different brands different types of campaigns have you got any examples of some of the challenges that you faced working with them so the biggest thing that I found um, and I think it's something that I was lucky to find because of overseeing so many campaigns not actually doing them but overseeing them um, meant that I could see patterns And I found that the biggest thing was actually based on the brand itself. If the brand itself wasn't strong, didn't have clear objectives, didn't have clear values, I found that the social media management and the the social media itself was was nowhere near as successful as brands that had Mm. really strong, well, those that had really strong brands. And I think that's something really hard uh, to get into clients' heads sometimes. Um, Not in a horrible way, but it's, (laughs) it's just frustrating as a marketer, I think, to you know, you don't want to flog a dead horse. That applies so much. And it's something I've seen so many times. And if you don't have a good brand, people might visit your profile. They might think, oh, that that tweet's good. Oh, they're really interesting. That hairdresser's got some great tweets. But then they go onto the website and they're like, oh, I don't like the brand. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) And then somehow the social media manager is responsible for that sometimes. but yeah, so I, I think that's one of the biggest things and it's something that I don't often hear much about. Uh, so I'm particularly interested in that aspect. I think as well, 
brands struggle with getting people into the buying phase. Um, yeah. And I think that's a struggle that marketers also have with brands that aren't theirs when they're trying to just adapt to their brand and understand how they work and then getting people into the buying phase with that in mind. Um, and obviously that comes with trust, comes with building a community and it just takes time. Yeah. <laughs> it just takes time. And that's something I'm always so passionate about. It's not a reflection of the marketers themselves. I think marketers get a really unfair um, thing about this um, sometimes. I just think that you've got to give these things time. You can't just expect results instantly, especially for starting an account from scratch. That's very, very true. I think that's such an important point. Mm. Some clients, I think, you know, it's it's kind of nice that they think we have a magic button to press that will bring them lots of followers, lots of engagement, yeah. lots of increased sales and everything. But it a good strategy will take time. And I think I especially like your point as well about brands who maybe haven't defined their objectives yet or like things like tone of voice actually as well. Tone of voice, like, yeah they haven't got that defined it can be so tricky figuring out okay well how are we gonna how do you want to communicate through social media you know like what do you want to say how do you want to say it like, I don't know okay well <laughs> let's go back to the drawing board then and try yeah. and figure that out first yeah so when we're looking at those challenges that you face do you have a go-to plan when you're trying to overcome them Yes. Um, so I have different routes for different things. So for the mindset point that I was talking about, the thing yeah. that I try to do is revisit the strategy as frequently as possible. Um, think about your audience. I think it's quite easy to get into the trap of you think you know what your audience likes because of how they reacted to posts in the past. But actually, yeah. is that what they like? Do you know that for a fact? And I think the difference between thinking uh, no, um, thinking about what your audience like rather than knowing I think that's quite an interesting one to always think about um also the DNA persona of your audience I know you touched on this with um Andy last week about yeah. finding audiences and that sort of thing and he said about drawing out the avatar and having loads of things coming off them and I think yeah. that's such a good exercise and just you know the more knowledgeable you are about the audience and the brand the better you're going to do ultimately especially if you're running lots and lots of brand accounts. I feel like you need to do that for every single brand in order to be successful in every single one. Otherwise, you're going to get them mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> something I've definitely done. Oh, no. It's <laughs> another challenge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like one minute you could be really corporate, the next minute, you know, you're really, really friendly and targeting mums or something like that. And it's, it's so diverse. You have to adapt and in order to adapt, I think you need to be so, so clear and to do that, write things down, write down your audience, write down, and revisit your strategy. Um, yeah. And I think setting a dedicated time of day to actually go on social media. I mean, one of my biggest tips actually is turn off your notifications for Ooh. social media. I did this at the start of lockdown. Everything comes to, everything comes back to the start <laughs> of lockdown for some reason. <laughs> like my life changed um, <laughs> but if you turn notifications off you find that you're more you when you have a set time to look at your accounts you're more in in the zone um and so you might so say so say if you're not in the zone and you reply to a tweet you then look at that again later and you think oh I really wish I asked a question to continue that conversation yeah um and I think having notifications off means that you look at it as, look at it when you want to look at it and when you're in the right mindset 
So that's something I'd definitely recommend. Um, with social media updates, I would recommend subscribing. You mentioned this actually on another podcast, and I thought it was a really good point. Subscribing to the platforms and all the articles and stuff about updates so that you know. Because if, you, if you're finding out about updates just from being on social media and seeing a tweet about it then you're a little bit behind already <laughs> I think. yeah because <laughs> the news releases early doesn't it in other ways so i think it's important to be subscribed to those things um and i think i touched on this earlier but the pressure of i, I don't i don't think you should feel the pressure to be first um right. with all these new updates if there's reels coming out don't feel the pressure to do a reel because you might not do a good job of it so I think one of the best things is to sit back and watch everyone else discover all the best things about reels, about lives, and then get all of that knowledge and then do a reel. Yeah, that's a re- that's really good advice, actually. I think so. I'm thinking of TikTok. Like when I've gone through, you know, on TikTok they say you can reach different areas within TikTok, like food TikTok, or uh, I can't think of another. Like, yeah, get, like pets TikTok. I find it really interesting to see how like within yeah. each niche Mm. people are using like the same kind of techniques I suppose but applying them like in a very unique way in some cases so it's nice being able to like as you say watch watch the room what's what's going on definitely um, how you can apply that really good tips there I love the notification one by the way yeah I love that one as well it's so good and also moving apps on your phone at the weekend apps that you are really annoyed that you're going on yeah I I move them now so (laughs) stops me from going on them that's a really good idea I might have to start implementing yeah you should it's so good (laughs) do you ever do it like like sometimes I'll open my phone and I'll just automatically like scroll and click on an app and I'm like why why am I here how did I get here yeah it's so (laughs) automatic it's ridiculous you just turn on the phone you're like oh suddenly I'm on Instagram yeah sure I'm supposed to be doing something else yeah it's so bad yeah we're so like addicted to it's just automatic behavior isn't it it is I feel like especially uh, not to keep going on about it but like with lockdown as well like we're spending even more time on our phones yeah than ever before because there's nothing else to to do exactly (laughs) just gonna keep staring at it you know exactly it's crazy I was gonna say on the update front um one of the things that I think is really good, if you don't want to quite dip into reels or you don't want to dip into four, um, into a live Instagram uh, with four people, three other people, um, instead of doing that, why don't you just do a post about the benefits of making the most of these features? So then you're staying on trend, but you're not directly doing the Instagram live. You're actually just adding value. And I think yeah. I've seen people do that. I saw a couple of people on my Instagram talk about Instagram lives and the news and stuff. And they were talking about how you can use it and how it can, how you can utilize it in your strategy. And I thought, wow, that's a really good way of using it, but not using it. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. I think that's, that is a nice way. And you're informing yourself then, aren't you? Because you've got to kind of do the research to find out, okay, how would you use this? How do you do it? <laughs> exactly. But you don't necessarily have to stand there and think of a reel off the top of your head just because they're new yeah <laughs> when they first come out oh um so when we um are kind of thinking about the next few months and hopefully the uh 
road out of lockdown. Where do you think you're going to be focusing your social media efforts in the next six months? So like what platforms or have you got any types of content like that you want to try? Yeah, so I want to start getting on TikTok, which I know you're a lover of TikTok and I am as well. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) I know, finally. Everyone hates it, don't they? It's really annoying. They do. Like just just download it. You'll love it. You will download love it. it and tailor it to whatever you want, and then the algorithm will have things that you like. Mine's just full of home decor. Oh, that's a really good place in TikTok. I like that. It's <laughs> so good. Um, so TikTok would be that would be one of them. Um, and LinkedIn, my own LinkedIn. That's something I've definitely been neglecting <laughs> for many reasons. But yeah, no, I need to be getting. Uh, more posts out on there and engaging more on there and reels basically everything that I've said in this podcast (laughs) that I'm not working on or that I haven't dipped into yet I'm going to be working on this year so I'm going to be a bit a bit late to the party but I think you know as long as you're doing the right things on there and being as real as you can then you know that's the best thing really be authentic be authentic I I bang on bang on about that so much (laughs) I think it, it shows like especially on TikTok and Instagram actually I think are two of the best places where if you are truly authentic it will work in your favour definitely especially as it's um, quite video focused well TikTok yeah. completely so yeah showing your face immediately is you know it's good it enhances how real you are and I think people like seeing some vulnerability as well yeah um you know I certainly do if I see someone on Instagram on stories all the time doing selfie videos then I'm way more likely to engage with them because I know who I'm talking to yeah that's such a good point such a good point so thank you for sharing your uh, challenges and some excellent tips and advice there that I know I'm going to be actioning as soon as we finish recording this (laughs) um just to round things off for today have you got any exciting announcements on the horizon for Alesso that you'd like to share anything coming up well, we actually are launching our early access this month, which I know I'm so, so excited. <laughs> it's, it's been such a roller coaster. So we started our early access campaign in November um, and, it, you know, it was only me on it. So but I say that it was, it was me and someone else, but then they had to stop because of lockdown rules and all that because they have kids and they Aww. needed to homeschool. So it was, you know, here we go talking about lockdown again. We can't help ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so... We ended up getting um, 150 plus signups from freelancers and agencies for our early access. So basically, we're going to be slowly inviting people to try out the tool. So it's going to be really, really exciting. Um, And then we're going to be doing our beta in the summer, which is going to be great. So hopefully it'll be a lot more further down the line at that point. And then full release will be at the end of 2021, in theory. So oh yeah, goodness. exciting so, year ahead. So exciting. And we're looking for things like sponsors and, you know, just support in general. It's, it's amazing. And it's actually quite interesting. The 150 plus signups that we got was actually, most of them were from Reddit. Really? Which is, yeah. And I, I heard you talking about that on another podcast, um, another episode. You were saying about how, I think it was you or the guest was saying about Reddit being underutilized or not being very like it's a social media platform people don't really talk yeah. about it that much they and it always gets missed off doesn't it it's like, yeah oh, yeah reddit like <laughs> exactly yeah and it has a funny audience on there i have to say there are some interesting people on reddit they're a lot more vocal <laughs> a lot more negative shall i say um but overall we've had 
great success on Reddit. Um, so I think that's something to people should really bear that in mind when they're strategizing, I think. Yeah, that's yeah, very, very interesting. That's like such a high percentage of people come from there and how something that's so often overlooked, I feel like. Definitely. Social media is actually so powerful. Like, mm. That's amazing. Um, I'll make sure we include a link um, to you guys in the podcast notes so people can go and check out where you're up to with this year oh thank you oh it's so exciting we always ask our guests if you remember your first ever tweet well have you had a snoop (laughs) 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 i would imagine it's something like hey twitter (laughs) something really boring oh it's so i always let it like okay little I was going to say story, it's not really a story, but do you ever find that because you're working on so many brand accounts as well, like the LSO account, that your own Twitter, like, I'm explaining this so badly, but your your brain almost morphs into one. So some of the things I think I've said on, like, the sharing social account or the base creative account, I'm like, yeah, oh, no, no, that was me, or vice versa. It's like, a hundred percent. my first tweet? yeah. No, 100%. I think you and I have that same difficulty of representing our own brands. And it's hard having ourselves behind the brand, like being real, but having a branded logo as your profile picture. It's so difficult. It's really difficult, isn't it? It gives me some comfort that like when you are talking to a brand, it is a human at the end of like the account. It's like, oh yeah, this is nice. But it is hard to keep that like tone of voice correct and everything and like oh yeah in line with the brand have you ever had any um notable social media stories like have you ever gone viral has anything crazy happened on social media that springs to mind yeah well not viral not quite yet (laughs) but we've had I just said about the reddit success that we had it was overwhelming we had about something like 35 comments on just this one thread and all the other um posts in that subreddit just weren't as impactful so it was really surprising so that was really nice um but on a when I've been running client accounts my f- very first client actually was a game and they were looking for email signups and I did their whole campaign um and everything like that completely on my own and we managed to get them 14,000 email signups so <laughs> just a few yeah I mean and that was my first client and that was before I even knew anything so that's kind of what gave me the confidence to go in more into the industry because I was like well this must be my thing then because I just loved it you know and I think another one would be I used to work with a blogger on Instagram she's called life in a breakdown she's so lovely Sarah and I ran her Instagram account and she had been trying for the five years prior to get to 10,000 followers and she'd been really, really trying hard. Um, and then suddenly, even though it wasn't my goal, I was just posting and engaging and all that. Um, she suddenly hit 10,000 followers after, I can't remember what it was, something like six months. And then she wow. her website traffic increased by like 300%. She went from like 800 comments. She had loads of followers. But uh, well, she had loads of, she had 10,000 followers in the end. And then her community were actually just really engaging. She got uh, about 800 likes. And by the time I'd finished, she was getting... 2500 likes a post so it was pretty crazy I feel like I'm tooting my own horn that's not like what I'm trying to do but it's just that's the type of success I've had with 
just organic methods. And yeah, I guess that's it. Nothing viral, but just some exciting stats there, really. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, like 14,000 um, signups, did you say? And yeah. Like, what an increase in Instagram followers and the the traffic as well. I think that's... I I, that's very impressive because I, I do feel like with Instagram, that's one of the trickiest ones to get people to like complete the journey of spending time on your profile and then converting over to your website. Exactly. So to be able to do that, that's job well done. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, thank you for coming on uh, the podcast today and sharing like lots of tips, so much wisdom and been lovely. Oh, um, you're welcome. Thank you. Final thing. So where can we check um, you out on social media? So um, if I start actually posting on LinkedIn, you can come connect <laughs> with me there. <laughs> I'm just Rihanna Ford on there. Um, and otherwise, I'm behind all of the Alesso accounts at the moment. So we're just at Alesso Social everywhere. And primarily, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Facebook is more... I'm sort of neglecting that a little bit. Like, I think most people do, to be yeah. honest, especially <laughs> as everyone seems to hate Facebook and all their rules. But yeah, so Alesso Social. Otherwise, just connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd love that. Awesome. I'll make sure all of those are in the description so people can come and say hello. Oh, thank and you so much. Yeah, thank you for coming on the show. You're welcome. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you very much for that, Becca. Um, all right, so as you know, each episode we look at social media news what's happened in between the last episode and this episode becca so big updates on clubhouse um i think everyone has experienced this surge in popularity of auto audio first social media um some things to note is that clubs have rolled out on clubhouse so you can go on the app now and secure yours make sure you get the name right. Once you've created a club, you cannot change the name. And I've seen some with typos and it's been quite funny to see that happen. Um, You can also now link to your clubhouse profile or club. This wasn't available before, so it made it quite hard if you wanted to um, share the link, which is so simple. You couldn't do that before, um, but now you can. So that's really helpful if you're cross-promoting. And... Twitter have also released a lot of updates. So they are currently testing out some new Twitter spaces options, which you might have been able to see um, a couple of times. Keep an eye out for beta testers and join in. The other thing which is on the horizon for Twitter are business categories. So um, new business profiles might be able to display the address, opening times and a contact number on the profile. And that's in addition to the limit you get in your Uh, ordinary bio Um, and depending on the type of business there might be new features coming which would allow you to feature a shop link to the app store or a gallery view within your profile as well and finally TikTok are giving um, users new tools to promote kindness so um, you can now filter all comments um, and ensure that no offensive comments uh, are coming through and you can also limit specific keywords and if you are a user and you comment on somebody's video um, any words which go directly against TikTok's community guidelines you will be prompted to reconsider posting this which is TikTok's way of trying to encourage kindness that's it awesome awesome you're up to date 
For those of you who have been listening to all of our previous episodes, you'll know that uh, this is the segment in the show where we've got three fun stats. So in between our episodes, I've been researching uh, some interesting social media statistics, and I'm going to share them with you and, and share them with Becca as well, who does not know what those stats are. So it's my chance to just you know, ask ask questions, uh, you know, get genuine responses. So First question uh, around around this interesting stat, and it's not it's not by any means new. Um, have you heard of Coca Cola's seventy twenty ten rule? I haven't. No. So Coca Cola's seventy twenty ten rule. This is a um, um, I'm, I'm nicking a lot of content here from a Buffer article. Uh, Coca Cola's seventy twenty ten rule when it comes to posting on social, and, and in particular content. So the 70%, the major part of it is what they would refer to as sort of low risk, not overly time consuming, you know, kind of it pays the bills type content, mm -hmm. the bread and butter of most marketing activities and most content on the on their social media platforms. The 20% is more innovative style content that aims to be much more deeply engaging and with specific audiences or a way of generating you know, engagement from new audiences. And the 10%, the last and the smallest one, is what they call high-risk, high-reward content, which is strategically identifying and experimenting on different channels to see what happens. Not everything will always uh, pay off, and sometimes it would be a bit of a, of a risk. So there you go, Coca-Cola 70-20-10 rule. What do you think about that, Becca? I like that. I'd not heard of that. I would be very interested to know where they position any sort of um, brand, branded sort of thought leadership. I'm thinking tweets, the kind of tweets that gets lots of attention, whether they place that in their high risk category or whether that to them is their bread and butter content. Mm, well, interesting, because I'm going to come on to that in a second with uh, with another brand. But sticking with Coca-Cola uh, and, our, and our second sort of stat, this is this one's um, a simple one. Um, so the Coca-Cola main Twitter uh, account, do you know how many times it has tweeted since its inception? How many tweets does it have? What would be your um, guess? 10,000? 10, 10,000 tweets. Yeah. Many, many more. So the main Coca-Cola <laughs> account has uh, well over a quarter of a million mm. tweets, 283,000 tweets as of today, uh, middle of March 2021. Um, and that, that, in fact, joined exactly um, 12 years ago. So in 12 years, 283,000 tweets. I think that's more than you and I put together, I think, isn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, is, that is a lot of tweets. Um, equally, another account, uh, another big brand, certainly in, in, in the similar industry, Burger King. How many, the main Burger King account, how many tweets do you think they've uh, published since joining in July 2010? Um, 800,000. 800,000. <laughs> yeah. So you've got in the other direction. You're like, well, if they're yeah. doing quarter of a million, these guys are going to be doing almost a million. No, far fewer, actually, far fewer. The main banking account, only 40,000, just over 40,000. Um, so so no, nowhere near, huh? 
Um, now, sticking with Burger King and our last stat across three different platforms, so Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, which do you think out of those three platforms, Burger King has the highest following? I'm going to say Twitter. You're going to say Twitter. So yeah. out of those three platforms, you think that it has the, the highest following, the biggest following on Twitter. Uh, here's the stats. Twitter, they have 1.9 million followers. On Instagram, Burger King have 1.9 million followers. Can you believe that? It's exactly the same. On Facebook, they have 8.4 million. Absolutely steaming ahead. Um, Burger King are much more popular on their Facebook channel than they are on anything else. There you go. Three big, fun social media stats. Each episode, we like to give a shout out to one of our sharing social members and share how you can support them. Today, we would like to feature Sonia Barlow, who's appeared on our sharing social stage in the past to talk about audience growth and engagement. She has reached new heights this month. Sonia has presented talks across the UK, virtually, of course, on diversity, inclusion and mental health, and has recently set up the Like-Minded Females Mentoring Programme, which is a volunteer-led community with over 700 global applicants. You can connect with Sonia on LinkedIn or on Instagram and Twitter at Sonia Barlow UK. You've been listening to the Sharing Social podcast, and today we've been talking about the many challenges we face within social media, from how it fits into overall strategy, about posts going viral, growing followers quickly, and certainly as social media managers, the disconnect between being a consumer and having your professional hat on. If you want to get involved or be on the show, head to our website at sharingsocial.co.uk. Next month, we'll be back talking about how to increase engagement in organic social media with a very special guest, Lucy McVeigh, social media strategist at LMV Social. You can follow us on Twitter at ShareSocialLDN or Instagram, SharingSocialLondon. We'll see you then.